0: Because I believe the best advice, not all advice, but the, some of the best advice comes from people that are actively on the street selling right now. And that's why I, as much as writing books is tough. I mean, it's it's hard. Um, after like four editors, I still find spelling errors, you know, it makes you crazy. But um, it's important to be active and involved if you're going to give really good advice, in my opinion.
1: Hello, hello, hello. This is Gresh from the IMCO podcast. I have a very special guest on the show today. I have Ryan Dorn of ryandorn.com. Ryan, super excited to have you on the show.
0: Hey, thanks for having me. Love to fulfill my mission of helping people take their entrepreneurship dreams to places they only dream possible.
1: Nice. I absolutely love that mission. And I know we were talking a little bit about how much you love entrepreneurship and and some of the awesome things that you're doing. So before we jumped in and do that, I want to read a little bit more about Ryan so you can hear about some of those awesome things. And Ryan is a 30-year global sales and marketing advisor to over 200 companies in 15 industries. He holds a psychology of leadership certification from Cornell and has trained over 30,000 salespeople. Ryan has been featured in USA Today, on CNN, and on Forbes.com. He is a multiple best-selling book author, Emmy winner, and his sales strategy, that is, have impacted over half a billion dollars in sales. He is a proud military dad and has been married for 26 years. Ryan loves good coffee, 80s rock music, and seeing others succeed. So Ryan, super excited to have you on the show. Are you ready to rock and roll? And yeah, ab- absolutely.
0: Ultimate? We got to send this recording to my mom. That's like the best read bio ever, Gresh.
1: So you're going
0: to get props for that.
1: Hey, it's easy. It's easier to read. It's probably a lot harder to do all the awesome things you're doing. So I definitely appreciate you for doing it and making it easy for me. You bet. Awesome. 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 So to kind of kick everything off, I wanted to rewind the clock, hear a little bit more on how you got started, what I call your CEO story.
0: Yeah. So my story really began, I was an Iowa farm kid. And I uh, grew up on the farm. And so growing up, uh, you know, in, in on an Iowa farm, especially where you're raising pigs and corn and soybeans and all that, um, I established and was able to see a good work ethic uh, from my mother and my father for quite some time. And then interestingly enough, interestingly enough my dad went into the ministry um, and uh, became became a pastor. And so I was able to see my dad not only show me hard work, but then also how to present to people and be in front of people. And um, so we'll pass a little virtual offering plate later uh, to pay for the bills. You know. <laughs> I'm, you I'm just kidding. <laughs> Keep and, the um, lights and, on. Yeah, that's exactly right. But I actually started really in the media and marketing business. And that's where I won my Emmy Award, um, which I was very proud and and some other awards in that regard. And went from Iowa to Chicago, a big Chicago guy, and uh, also a fan of blue, which I can say you're a fan of blue as well. And and so where my entrepreneurial spirit really came in, my parents were always doing entrepreneurial type of things. But where my spirit of entrepreneurship really came was a lot of it out, out of necessity. I had a lot of bad bosses. I had some good ones but some bad bosses along the way. And someone once said to me, why are you working for somebody else? Why are you not running your own company? And I thought, oh, no, that's not me. I, I really can't do that. And um, so I took the leap of faith. And I'm fortunate, Gresh, to have a wonderful partner in crime, uh, my wife of, of 26 years. And um, she was always behind me saying, just go ahead, try it. Give it a try. Give it a try. And then it wasn't but five years ago, she came to me with an entrepreneurial idea. She said, this is what I want to try. And who am I to deny that, right? I said, hey, why don't you give it a try? Why don't you give it a try? So the biggest thing she and I do together is keep each other focused because I'm probably like you, Gresh. I got like a thousand ideas. I can barely sleep at night to hold them all in. But where I really find my sweet spot is helping salespeople, helping marketers and sales marketers. And that really has been my sweet spot uh, over the course of the last 15, 20 years, 30 years in the in the business but I love what I do. I'm blessed to be busy and I'm really thrilled today to be able to share with some of your folks how we can grow these customers of ours to spend more money with us, but more importantly, retain these customers for a lifetime. You can sell them all day long, but if you don't retain them for a lifetime, friends out there, I'm telling you, you're missing out. Retention really is the key to success in any business.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I, I love hearing the, you know, your story and, and everything that, you know, has led you to kind of get started. I imagine like you've seen um, and being on the, I almost feel like a lot of times with sales and, you know, building relationships, it's a lot of times like farming. So I imagine you actually having that hands-on approach probably helped out a lot as far as perspective, but I imagine too, just understanding that, you know, the sales problem, probably sometimes the journey, even the relationships, they don't come overnight, just like if you plant a seed, it takes the, the, the farming of it, the, the taking of it to actually see it, you know, Know blossom into
0: the awesome things they could be. Yeah, for sure. You know, the nurturing of a client, of a prospect, um, of a potential mate, um, nurturing of your children—all of that is is really important. Now, during COVID uh, and the major, you know, flux of the of the pandemic or the middle of the pandemic, did lead me though to a little bit of understanding, which is kind of why I wrote my new book, and that is that some things changed, and and what really changed is that. A lot of people became accustomed to not seeing us face to face, but yet they were still buying. The other thing, though, that I noticed is how emotional people got. It used to be that logical people were everywhere. And if you told them two and two is four, they're like, great. Now you tell them two and two is four. They're like, really? Prove that to me. Who else has said that it's four? So I think there were some things that changed in the business world uh, during the pandemic that is important to talk about because the sales business has changed a little bit. Um, There was a time, you might be too young, Gresh, to remember this. There was a time before the internet when people only had salespeople to talk to to learn about products and services. Now people are coming to us. They're 70% of the way down the road. They actually, you know, there was a study done not that long ago. I think it was SAP. (laughs) 89% of people out there, buyers would rather go to the dentist then talk to a salesperson. I don't mind the dentist, but I'd rather talk to a salesperson to get my teeth drilled. So I think you know a lot of things have changed out there. You do need to nurture, but the speed of sales has actually picked up with the advent of technology. And I think there's some old school sales reps that just don't want to get on board with that. They keep wanting to do it the old farmer way. We need to be a hunter by nature and have some farmer instincts as well. Otherwise, we might get left behind. And that's a little scary
1: nice. I absolutely love that hunter by, hunter by nature and with some farmer instincts. So I, I absolutely love that, you know, a lot of what you're doing is helping to empower these people to make that impact that are ultimately trying to create um, the solution to get into the hands of the people that can actually um, use that. So I wanted to uh, drill down a little bit more, hear a little bit more about your book, but also hear a little bit more on how you work with clients. How do you make that impact for them to help them to be a little bit more um, hunters with a little bit of, of farming mentality?
0: Yeah, for sure. I think some of the things that we have to do together when I'm working with a client, I'm working with you, whatever the circumstance is, is we have to set some things that we feel are natural aside based upon the facts or the field that we're playing on. A wise man once said to me, you're nobody unless you got at least 10 to 20 haters, right? So I think I've got 30 now, so I'm good. But (laughs) what I try to do is challenge the status quo because I do want to nurture, I do want to be a farmer, but when I sit down with with clients and we lay out their plan, what is your sales and marketing plan? Millennials have made me not only a better salesperson, but a better manager and a better leader. Why? Because they're so transparent with everything. And they don't want, don't hide, Ryan. Don't hide behind, I'll call you in 24 hours. Give me what I want. Be transparent in my pricing. Some things you can work really hard at, but if you're doing the wrong thing, no matter how hard you work at it, it's just not going to work out for you. So my biggest focus with clients is laying out a plan, creating repeatable patterns of success, paying attention to things, and just recognizing that what's in a book, my book or anybody's book, may not apply to your business and know when to find a different coach or find a different mentor. I think that's important.
1: Nice. I I truly appreciate you breaking that down and how you, you know, kind of work through and and coach, you know, the clients that you have. And so would would you consider that? I think that I feel like you have an ability to be able to kind of distill down um, these principles and these things so that people can kind of take them and kind of run with them. Do you feel like that's part of your secret sauce and something
0: that sets you apart and makes you unique? Well, I truly believe what really sets me across is I still actively sell all the time and I still actively run businesses. Now, I'm not hating on the people that I've listened to numerous of your podcasts. Great, by the way. Um, I'm not hating on people that are out of the business and still giving advice. I'm not hating on them because I think mean, they bring good things to the table. But how do I train and teach and coach people about how to survive the pandemic or our current level of economic uncertainty in the country if you actually aren't going through it right now? You know, it's sort of like people that teach, you need to ask the 10 tall questions on every sales call. Well, Well, what if the 10 tall questions don't apply? Now that someone has lost a loved one to COVID, lost their business to COVID, um, has had their business severely suffered because of COVID, people that can't find employees during this time of economic uncertainty, can't fill their uh, gas in their car without, you know, um, their wallet being empty, you know, you kind of got to be in it. So I feel like my differentiating factor is I'm in it every day and I'm going to stay in it until I retire. And then when I retire, I'm going to do something else. Because I believe the best advice, not all advice, but the, some of the best advice comes from people that are actively on the street selling right now. And that's why I, as much as writing books is tough. I mean, it's it's hard. Um, after like four editors, I still find spelling errors. You know, it makes you crazy. But um, it's important to be active and involved if you're going to give really good advice, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, I absolutely love that. Would you consider that to be what I like to call a CEO nugget, which is a little bit more of a word of wisdom or a little bit more of a hack or nugget or something that you feel like makes you more effective and efficient? Do you think it's going back to that core and being able to kind of figure out where that is and kind of lean more into that?
0: Well, it is, but it's also recognizing patterns that work and repeat them, but then also be looking and recognizing patterns that don't work and stop people from repeating them. The nature of the human, because we've been taught since birth, two big things, work hard, you can achieve anything and don't talk to strangers, right? Okay. So I hope you were taught that. Let's do those things. (laughs) Is that a little CEO nugget would be identify those things that are absolutely random and figure out what you can do to either accentuate them or eliminate those things. But we do not do a good job of repeating things that work and we've got to identify those things. Email subject lines that work, rinse, repeat, things said on a sales call, that work, rinse and repeat, success stories that make a client go, wow, rinse and repeat. But when you tell a success story and nothing happens, like when you tell the joke and you have to end the joke by saying, ah, you know, you had to be there. Okay, then that's a bad joke. (laughs) You shouldn't have to say that, right? So that for me would be a real CEO nugget is just keep your eyes open and look for things you can repeat, look for things that are not working and get rid or make a plan to get rid of those things. But the other thing is, Goals without mini goals are just dreams. And every CEO needs to needs goals in place for themselves, their employees. But you've got to have eight, 10 mini goals below that big goal because big goals, quite honestly, without a without a plan, without many goals, they're just dreams. And we're in the business of turning dreams into realities. And so we've got to always be kind of thinking about that.
1: Absolutely, I I love that, and and um, I wanted to ask you now um, one of my you know favorite questions, which actually is around what we kind of touched on the CEO hack. But I actually wanted to hear if there's something maybe potentially from your book um, that you feel like might be something that you know is a really good walk away, something that we can all kind of take into account to leave us more effective and efficient.
0: Yeah, timing and emails is everything. Emails without proper timing, without proper subject lines and structure, are going to fail. I call it the rule of three and three. Maybe we could call it Uncle Ryan's rule of three and three. Three words in the subject line, three sentences max in that email, and then send it at the perfect time. If you're a 5 a.m. person, don't be sending emails to people at 5 a.m. You send later and send it at the most appropriate time. I have found 11.15 a.m. and 3.15 p.m. typically get me a better result, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Not a lot of selling on Mondays and Fridays, and so for me, I try to focus in on the 3 and 3 format and then sending those emails at the perfect time. Knowing your email technology is super important. It's something that there's a lot of plugins and tools that you can attach to it that can help you be a lot more efficient.
1: Nice, I absolutely love that. And so I want to ask you now my absolute favorite question, which is the definition of what it means to be a CEO. We're hoping to have different quote-unquote CEOs on this show. So Ryan, what does being a CEO mean to you?
0: To me, it is all about helping your team get to places personally and professionally that they only dreamed were possible. And, you know, you can be a visionary and that's one of the most strongest leadership types is being a visionary. If you actually know what it is, you can't be a visionary and then, then be worried about how it is that somebody paints that wall. When you say, I just need that wall painted visionaries are people that have the guts to say, I need that wall painted and trusting their team to get it done correctly people that I that I partner with or that I've led over the years, they'd at least go to the ledge with me and say, okay, Ryan, now why are we here? I truly believe if I jumped, there are many that would say, hey, he jumped, so it must be okay, and they would go too. But at least I got them to walk to the edge with me. And I'll briefly share this with you. I used to take a Post-it note, and I'd write little nice things to people after a long day. Hey, great job in that proposal. Uh, thanks for being there for me on this and, and that and i would leave those post-it notes on people's uh, desks or monitors and a woman that um that unfortunately she had to she had to retire from some some medical issues she came to me on her last day in her exit interview and she opened up a folder that had all those post-it notes and i can't talk about it too much detail cuz i'll get real emotional about it she still calls me calls me boss to this day uh, when i see her she's still hey boss how you doing and i think that that's a real ultimate sign of respect in a professional relationship when someone, even after they're gone, I never asked her to call me boss. She just calls me boss because that's the level of respect that she had for me and how I impacted her life.
1: Ryan, truly appreciate that definition. And of course, I appreciate your time even more. So what I want to do now is pass you the mic, so to speak, just to see if there's anything additional that you can let our readers and listeners know. And of course, how best people can get a hold of you, get a copy of your book, find out about all the awesome things that you're working
0: on. So if you're buying the book on Amazon or Audible or Barnes and Noble or whatever, just know that it's not going into my pocket. It's going to feed you know feed those other families. But one I really love to do is speak at sales meetings and sales conferences. I love that management conferences, leadership conferences. Reach out to me, Ryan Dorn, D-O-H-R-N, RyanDorn.com. I love that kind of thing because when I can motivate a group and get up there the way that my daddy did and really motivate a group to do great things, I feel like I'm accomplishing you know the mission of why I was put here uh, on on this greater. And I really thank you, Gresh, for what you're doing. The content's amazing. Uh, the nation you're building is amazing. And if we all stick in it together, I think we'll get through it together.
1: Yes, absolutely. And I love that you, you, you mentioned that. We, of course, will have your links and information in the show notes. And I hope you have a phenomenal rest of the day.
0: Thanks. Thanks so much for having me. I appreciate you very much. Thank you for listening to the IMCEO podcast, powered by CB Nation and
1: Blue 16 Media. Tune in next time and visit us at imceo.co. I Am CEO is not just a phrase, it's a community. Be sure to follow us on social media and subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and everywhere you listen to podcasts. Subscribe and leave us a five-star rating. This has been the I Am CEO Podcast with Gresham Harkless Jr. Thank you for listening.